Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today and looking forward to getting into it. Um, If you are a returning listener, thank you so very much. You guys are awesome. You make this happen um, week after week. Cannot, cannot, cannot say enough thank yous for you guys being here. And if, this is, if you are the first time listener, uh, you know what? Jump on in. We've got a lot of really great information that we're going to be sharing with you guys today. And uh, can't wait till we get to it. So let's get to it. So I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources because I'm in the human business and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. But most importantly, today we're going to be talking about employment law changes that are happening across the nation. I'm going to share with you later in the show where you can actually get access to these. And today our main topic, we're going to be meeting with Jody Harris from Cisco, and she's going to be talking about executing your life and career strategy with grit as an HR pro. I'm going to share with you some upcoming events and some announcements, and then I'm going to share with you also how to get the best practices delivered directly to your inbox. Uh, before we go on, folks, the information available in this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal th- advice with respect to any particular issue that you may be having. And if you do not have an employment attorney, go ahead and reach out and contact me. And I might be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. <clears throat> All right. So employment law changes that are happening across the 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 nation so we got quite a bit going on this week um <clears throat> first and foremost um you're going to find some information out there uh, for the amended workers compensation benefits for COVID 19 positive employees so there's some good information out there the 11th circuit court has rejected an incentive award for class plaintiffs also the federal judge has filed and amended an order in the gomez versus trump case as well not to mention employees' request to revise a drug policy to address CBD use was not a reasonable accommodation, and that's actually a very interesting article to read, especially since we are uh, major supporters of Naked Warrior Recovery and uh, their CBD. <clears throat> so that's a, it's, it's an interesting topic. CBD isn't going anywhere. Matter of fact, it's continuing to permeate the market, and it's just kind of one of those things that we're just going to have to figure it out. All right, so over in California... The new California law that significantly expands employee entitlement to Family Medical Leave Act is is a great article about that. Also, uh, an alert has been issued that California California has enacted more new COVID-related laws affecting employers. Also, the Assembly Bill 685 has changed employer notification requirements on COVID-19 and enhances the California OSHA uh, uh, enforcement abilities. 
And the CARES Act also conformity for qualified employer plans in California. There's an article based on that. California SB 1159 has expanded presumption of workers' compensation liability for COVID-19 illness claims. It's interesting. we got some states that are putting no harm, no fault, no foul out there, and we've got other states that are putting more liability on illness claims. It's, it's an interesting world out there right now. The California Labor Commissioner has released FAQs and a model notices for statewide COVID-19 supplemental paid sick leave. You guys are welcome to jump in and grab that. And also California has implemented new COVID-19 supplemental paid leave requirements as well. Um, <clears throat> there is an article out there about revamping the no hire clause. Also, um, also California has amended the prohibition on no rehire provisions in settlements of employment disputes. They have also passed a law changing this test for independent contractor status for certain types of workers. And the California Assembly <clears throat> has passed the CCPA amendment, meaning the employee personal information exemption extension is currently in place. AB 736 has expanded the professional exemption as well, and the city of San Diego passes a supplemental paid sick leave uh, requirement. And over in Delaware, <coughs> there are some additional COVID-19 considerations for healthcare and home health industries. Over in Hawaii, it has amended its ban-the-box law to fortify protection for ex-offenders. Massachusetts, over there, the Attorney General has created a data privacy and security division itself. Over in Michigan, uh, Michigan considers enhanced data breach uh, notification law. Over in New Jersey, they have enacted a COVID-19 workers' compensation presumption bill for essential workers. And they, New Jersey also has granted name, image, likeness rights to collegiate student-athletes. And the New Jersey Department of Labor has issued final regulations for COVID-19 job protection law. In New York, the state paid sick leave has gone into effect late uh, September 30th, actually. Over in Ohio, the state has halted the COVID-19 litigation, providing civil immunity for healthcare businesses and others. Over in the state of Oregon, there's an article out there <coughs> for uh, regarding leave for Oregon's volunteer emergency responders during unprecedented wildfires. Oregon also has a new EEO policy, some disclosure requirements that take effect on the 1st of October 2020 as well. There's also some, uh, Oregon has released a Workplace Fairness Act, and some of those provisions actually take place on October 1st in addition. Over in Rhode Island, <clears throat> the state has determined that an employee may proceed with a lawsuit alleging that the termination for failed breath test violated the state law. Here's an area we don't really hear from. Over in the Virgin Islands, there's an article out there that there are 20 tips for U.S. Virgin Island employers in 2020 and on how to navigate uh, COVID-19 inquiries and disclosures. And then lastly, over in Washington State, there's the city of Portland that has banned private entities from using facial recognition technology. And that's what we've got covering news around the nation. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number. 
launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the Special Operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. In the spirit of what we are doing for the month of September, which is really focusing about keeping your momentum going and keeping constantly moving forward, especially now in a time period where it feels like everything is stuck, <laughs> you don't, you're not sure if you're making progress as you step forward. I have an awesome guest who's joining me from Cisco, and her name is Jody Harris, and she is the, because it's a long title, you ready? <laughs> so I'm Jody Harris. I am the global director of sales, onboarding, and talent. Yes. Ta-da! There we go. <laughs> I was going to trip over it. I just I felt it bubbling up. I'm like, we might as well just play it safe and just do it trip over it often. That's right. So how are you? <laughs> I'm awesome. Thank you so much. I am sitting here in South Mississippi, hoping that uh, Hurricane Laura does not hit us. But uh, 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 yeah, um, you're gonna I'm get a little wet. Yeah, I may. I'm used to it. So, uh, but no, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, no, I'm glad. You, thank you for jumping on. I appreciate it. So we'll do a little, so everybody kind of catches up. So Jody is actually one of the speakers at, who is speaking. We are both speaking at the Women's Future Conference that's coming up. It's a virtual conference that's taking place uh, this November. Uh, tickets are still available for it if you want, want to attend. And it's, have you ever been to one before? I can't remember if I asked you that question a while ago. No, I have not been to this particular one. So I've been to, to many women's conferences and get the pleasure to speak um, uh, here and there and, and, and love being a part of that. But I don't know that I've been a part of this particular one. So you're going to, you're going to enjoy this one. Um, they have a lot of really interesting uh, speakers, different panels, but it's a wide variety of topics. So it's not, like really channeled towards one thing. And, um, and, and there's so many different things that you can take away. It's like almost there's too much information, which is great, but it's like, man, I wish I could be everywhere at the same time. So I think now that it's in a virtual format, it'll be a little bit easier because then you can kind of flip in and out between the various Absolutely. subjects. So, yeah. So, so we're both speaking and uh, you're going to have a blast. You're, you're really just going to have a blast for it. You really, really are. No, I'm I know, we were about ready to step on each other. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I, I've told you this, but it's, um, it is an absolute passion of mine to get to um, speak to people. Um, I'm especially passionate about our early and career folks and even more about our early and career young ladies. 
um, giving them the, the wisdom and, and advice. I think we all wish we had had at that time yeah. in our careers. And so I'm, uh, it's something I have a, a strong uh, passion for and, and I'm excited to help with that. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's the reason why I invited you on is because um, as we were talking, I really picked up on, you know, I think people who are going through their careers, especially, especially in playing in the field of HR, you're usually, it's really funny. We're the department that helps people figure out their future and their talent development, but yet we're also the ones that seem to have to spend time figuring it out for ourselves which is a little, which is an interesting dynamic. The good news is, is that, you know, if we're doing it on a permanent basis, <laughs> the dog has his head in the bookshelf. It's really okay. funny. Sorry. Um, it's it, it, as we're, as, you know, moving through this on a permanent basis and we do this as a career, we know how to do this for ourselves, but yet we don't have the luxury of soundboarding. We don't have the luxury of really kind of working with somebody. And so especially, you know, a lot of people that listen to this show are really as an HR person of one, or they're kind of, you know, the first level down in, or they're one level down in, in the organization. And a lot of small businesses really typically don't spend a lot of time building their people just simply because of time, resource, or knowledge, right? Or a combination of all three of them. So um, I just love some of the things that you talked about, but was specifically is, you know, really kind of figuring your, your, not only your life strategy, but your career strategy with grit. And I just love that because that was well, something that came out in our conversation. Yeah, and, and I, and I, and I, and I love when we talk about grit, but I just want to say something, you know, when you talk about HR and we talk about recruiting, we talk about career fields and trying to figure out where you want to go. I think we're in a time where all those lines are blurred. Well, not all of them, but many of those lines are blurred. Yeah. It used to be that when you were looking for a particular role, for example, where I am in, in technology sales, you know, that you were looking for a particular degree or you were looking for a very specific profile of someone and it might've made HR's job um, a little difficult to try to really find that perfect match. And I think that as we've, we've really seen how business and technology have merged into one, um, they just are, are reflections of each other. Um, it's made that a little differently. So when we recruit, we're looking for grit, and I'll talk about that. We look for um, people who are, who have that, that X factor, right? That, that just drive that that personality that makes them so great at connecting with people because at the end of the day when you're selling you're connecting to people people buy from people it's relationship based I'm from the south trust me everything's relationship based here yeah uh, I, I coached a girl once and she said I feel like people aren't really you know connecting with me and I said well are you asking them how their mama is when you walk in the door because you've got to do that first and she's like I tried to how's your mama and it works I'm just building these relationships. And, and so I kind of use that as, as this, you know, when we look at people and we're putting people into roles and when we recruit at Cisco, yes, we're looking for, you know, people who have succeeded in their college degrees, but what the degree is would actually shock you. Some of the people we bring in who might have a degree in architecture right? Right. and not network architecture um, or engineering of some sort or business or math or not might even be, you know, something even left field. Right. But they have decided this is the career they want and they build the skills necessary to do that. And they've got all that other grit that goes with it. You know, I, 
I tell people all the time, my least favorite characteristic is entitlement. Um, yes. The line forms to the left of people who want great roles and great careers. And so when I meet someone who has fought for it, who has that grit behind them, you see someone who's going to do what it takes to be successful and they're going to ask for help. Yeah. And then they're in return going to give help to others. And those are the people that I find are the most successful. Um, I am someone who, when people might look at me or see my career, um, don't think grit automatically. And then you get to know me, you peel back the onion and the layers and you go, wow, this person really came from grit. And I put myself through college and was absolutely just dirt poor, right? Pell grants and student loans and whatever I could do, working in two jobs right. to get through college and, um, and, you know, just had a, a really difficult journey to get what I wanted and where I wanted to be. I've been a single mom for 12 years and we're speaking of hurricanes. You know, I went through Katrina with two babies and lost everything, literally stayed, not so smart. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have, I have definitely had moments in my life where I've said, all right, let's put our big girl pants on and move forward. And, um, and I think every time I've, I've crossed one of those bridges and had that situation, I look back and all I see is the strength that it gave me and, and it's pushed me to where I am now. And, um, and it's definitely grown my grit for sure. You know, so it, I don't, I think people, when they hear the phrase grit, they think of like hardcore rough edges, you know, just diamond in the rough kind of thing. And, it, and it's not even that sometimes it's just as simple as even if you don't know where you're going, you, mm -hmm. you know, you, we all have, we all have days when we land into a funk. We, let's just face it. We do, you know, something happens in life. Um, you know, I lost a business partner. Trust me, I've been funky, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's just part of the process. Right. But grit, it can be just as something as simple as just putting one foot in front of the other. And it, and you don't have to have a direction. You don't have to have a purpose. You don't have to have a vision. It can just be as simple as, can I get through the next five minutes of the day? Can I get through the next hour? What about the next 30 seconds? And, and that's really the foundation, I think, of grit is just moving forward regardless of how you feel about it, whether you're motivated or what. Yeah. And, you know, yes, it stands for girls raised in the South. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's... Uh, it, so I'll tell you what, what I, when I think of someone with grit, I think of someone when you meet them, they have a, a positive, positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And when you hear their story, you wonder how they still have that attitude. It's someone who has overcome and they don't carry that chip on their shoulder. They've overcome with an attitude of gratefulness, yep. with an attitude of positivity, and they share that with others. Um, they lift others up. And, uh, you know, I think that there are people who, um, are still going to be very successful, right? You don't have to go through trials and tribulations to be successful. So I want to be clear about that. Um, but I just tend to find people who have maybe had to work a little harder for something tend to be a bit more appreciative for it. Yes. Um, you know, I, uh, I have two daughters and, and, and I tell them, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to have that, but, but you need to do some chores around the house or you got to work for it. Um, and, I, and I think they do appreciate it more. I think it's just kind of one of those basic skills in life. Um, your grit can come from the fact that 
you know, you told yourself you want to get that 4.0 in, in college and you, you skipped the parties and you skipped all the fun things because you studied, right? I mean, that's, that's growing grit as well. So you can develop this at all levels. It doesn't have to be, you know, something super tragic. Um, but at the same time, I do think that it's, it, there's a, there's an element of discipline. There's an element of, um, just, just that, that drive that says, I'm going to do better, be better and, and grow myself and others with me. And so, you know, it's something that, that I guess I've always operated on. And I think somehow I have an ability to see it in others. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, when I recruit and I talk to all these young people, right. I mean, you know, we just brought on 187 new associates and they're all straight out of college and they all want to do, you know, some one-on-one -on -one time and I'll talk to them and I can just see it. Right. Um, and I, I spoke to a young man who's lost his mother and um, how bad he wanted this to make her proud. It was just, he didn't have a lot of people supporting him. And so I was like behind this guy with like all I had, I was like, I'm going to mama you for a minute, right? Tell you how proud I am of you. And he got tears in his eyes and I'm like, you know, this is it. These are the moments in my career that I look back and I go, you know, I made an impact and made a difference with, with yeah. people. So it's the, it's the, it's the part about your job and you're in the field, anywhere in the field of HR and talent and recruiting and um, that it, that it just really makes a difference. And you'll remember that forever. I think it's, you know, another thing that gets lined up with grit. And again, you know, when people hear grit, like I said, they think of that hardcore, mm, right. Mm -hmm. but a lot of developing the right mindset on dealing with challenges to today, dealing with what's coming out. I mean, we just don't know what is expected to come. Nobody can predict the outcome of the election. We can't predict the outcome of the coronavirus. We can't predict the outcome of our economy because we have zero indicators, none. Right. There's nothing definitive, Right. And so we get into this mindset because our minds and people have heard me say this before. This is my number one live and die rules that in the absence of information, people make stuff up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is my live and die rule. And so, um, so when that happens, we, we therefore turn that in on ourselves because we don't, we as human beings, we just don't like ambiguity. We have to create a story around something. And if you don't believe me, just pay attention to any girlfriend of yours who's out dating right now and did not hear from the guy after the date. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear it. It's a prime example and we're all guilty of it. But, with, but what it also forms is a, a new library or a new conversation of limiting self-belief. And that is just absolutely dangerous. Yeah, you know, you always hear people say, you, you can only control what you can control and focus on what you can control. And so I developed, you know, as a leader, and I've, I've led teams for years and, and I have never wavered from these three um, pillars and they are uh, accountability, awareness, and attitude. And, you, and, and so when I talk about being aware, you have to be aware of your surroundings and that's sort of that, you know, control what you can um, understand what you can't. Right. But being right. very aware of, of what you're doing, the impact you're making on others. Um, you know, someone will say, well, I didn't mean it to sound like that, or I didn't mean for it to come off that way. And I always tell people um, it's more about how it landed than how yeah. you intended it. Yeah. Uh, 
And so being very aware of that and how others are, are sensitive right now, what's going on in the world and their lives, be very aware of that. And then two is be very accountable, right? You, you can only be accountable for what you do. And if you were doing that at your maximum level, um, it will, it will pay off, right? So, so hold yourself accountable, hold your teams accountable, the people who do report to you, um, hold them accountable as well. And then the third is just that attitude. Um, I celebrated my um, nine years at Cisco this week and um, right here, Katrina, right? 15 years at Katrina um, um, anniversary this week too. And, and I, you know, I said, do you think I've always had good days at Cisco? I'm like, no, I mean, I had quarters. I didn't make it. Um, you know, I didn't have 100% roses and butterflies all the time. But I can tell you in all the nine years, I have loved my job. I've had a good attitude. I've had a positive attitude. Because even in those situations where I was trying to balance my two small children, girls crying because mommy wasn't going to be there. And I was having to, to travel and, um, you know, just overcoming life's challenges. Um, I always kept a positive attitude. And I always said, I will get through this. I will, I will have a plan to overcome this. And I always tell my, my mothers this, don't apologize. Don't let someone say you don't have your priorities straight because you're working and you missed a dance recital. My priorities will change daily. My priority today might be my children. It might be that I'm turning off my computer and I'm unplugging from email and I am, I'm focusing on them. But tomorrow I may tell them I have to go to work and I will be 100% focused on work and not gonna apologize for that. Not apologizing that my priorities may shift from day to day. Um, because at the end of the day, that is to provide for them and to give them a life. Um, and so that positive attitude has to be there no matter what, right? Through those ups and downs. And so that's just something, those three A's are what I live by. I leave my teams by, um, and it has worked for sure. Our little life rules. Now you told me a story earlier that I loved, and it was about uh, a young professional coming in and feeling a level of intimidation. And I would love it if you would share that again, because I wish I had hit record right when you were talking about it, because it was just brilliant. Well, it, like I told you, I, I do get to, to spend a lot of time with, with a lot of early in career folks. And I had this young lady, I think it was last week, she said she was you know, brand new to Cisco and here she is very isolated, right? Not getting to really be in an office and get to know people and really get that kind of one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And so someone had pointed her in my direction and I spent some time with her and she said, you know, um, she is, she was, she was young. She was very, you know, attractive young lady and she's brilliantly smart, very capable of what she's doing, but felt like when she was sitting in a room or in this case on a big call, um, she felt very quieted, right? She felt intimidated by um, level of experience. Obviously in, in technology, it's, it's majority men, right? So she just felt intimidated overall. And I think it was a combination of age and the fact that she's female. And she said, um, I, I just don't know how to overcome that. And I said, well, first of all, I read a book once by Rachel Hollis and a line in there said, what someone else thinks of you is none of your business. And um, I had to, had to read that to myself about 10 times before I really got the point. And the point is, if I walk into that room and I am the smartest person in the room, how do I prove that? How do I change the mind of that, that one singular male in the room? Even if there's nine others who respect me and get what I do and understand that I, that I am very talented and capable and professional, how do I change the mind of that one person? He doesn't think it. He doesn't think I'm smart enough or good enough. 
And I don't, it's not my job to change his mind. What right. he thinks of me is none of my business. Right. I'm going to go into that room with a smile on my face and a positive attitude. I'm going to do what I do because you know what? I do it damn well. And I'm going to come out of that room just as confident as I went in. And I'm going to say whether I did or did not change that person's mind is not the point. It's whether I believe I did the best I could do and, and proved myself to myself. And, uh, and, and I said, when you start thinking that way, when you change your mindset, mm -hmm. you're no longer going to go into a, a meeting or a room with the first thing being, how do I prove to them? The first thing's going to be, how do I, how do I meet the needs of this customer or, or do it, what it is I'm called to do in this particular meeting? And when you leave and you've done that, that's all you have to do. And you put the rest away. Um, I, I, you know, I told, I tell women all the time, acknowledge the fact that those biases are still there, because if you don't think they are, <laughs> come join me for a little while. <laughs> Let's go for home. a little walk. Um, <laughs> and I, when I, when I got my first promotion here at Cisco, um, there was a, there was a particular man who, who told other people, oh, well, she only got it because she's female or she's pretty. She won't make it. She's, you know, not good enough. Yikes. And oh, I was mad and oh, I was stomping around my house and I was upset and I wanted to get on the phone and call somebody. And Rachel Hollis was in my head going, what someone else thinks of you is none of your business. That person does not determine whether or not I'm going to be successful in this role. That person doesn't determine whether or not I deserved this role. And only my actions and, and, and my successes are going to show that. And so I'm going to focus on that. And I was very successful at that <laughs> and I don't worry about what that person thinks, but, uh, but if you let that overcome you, then you'll walk into every meeting with a chip on your shoulder and totally. every meeting will be about you trying to prove something to someone whose mind you may never change. So don't do that. You always believe in yourself and always believe in what you're, what you're called to do, what you're capable of doing and do it the very best you can. Yeah. And you know, people also come from a place where they only know what they know. And it was really funny because it, it just, it literally just strummed up a story from my past that I had. And it was, you know, the thing is, is that if you're going in to try and prove, then that's how you fall into the trap of being a yes person. And, and, and it's such a, it's such a gradual process that by the time you realize it, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get all the way down here? Right. And then you have to climb your way back out again. And that's really hard to do. Um, either that or you make a clean break and start again fresh somewhere else. And so um, I was working for an aerospace organization and uh, we were doing this huge job description project. The, the job descriptions that were written were really bad and it was like, ooh, okay, yeah, we really need to fix these and we need to make these clear because I don't even understand what the half of this stuff is. Nobody <laughs> understands what it is, right? So we had these aerospace engineers who were just a couple of them that, uh, you know, I'm a believer in partnering with, you know, leaders because they know the job. I know how these things should be formatted, right? So let's collaborate and figure it out. And when I put it together in the format that I know protects the company to the best possible nth degree, I'm like, well, we don't see them this way. This is not what we're used to looking at. And I'm like, excuse me. I don't walk in and tell you how to build an airplane. You, that's your job. Okay. You worry about that. You let me worry about the format. All I need from you is to figure out how do we convey how to build airplanes. 
And, right. and, you know, it was, it was a constant battle of, well, I, you know, I've, I've always seen it done this way. And it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> stop. It, it, you know, there, there's people who can swim in the same lane, right? Yes. Swim, swim in lanes. You're parallel to each other, but you don't cross those lanes, which Correct. means I'm not going to do your job. You're not going to do mine. I respect you enough to say, I'm not ahead of you, but nor am I behind you. We're going to swim down this, this lane right together and, uh, and, and cross the finish line together. Yep. 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 But you know, that's one of the challenges. That's just, that's just a normal interpersonal challenge that comes up in any company, everywhere you go. But it's, it is, and for those who are listening, especially those who are in HR position of one um, or few, <laughs> and you know, it feels like it's sometimes it's just, it's really hard to just go up against that battle of people aren't willing to buy in. And it means one of two things. Like you said, they either have a, a, a pre-established, you know, bias, or you haven't done enough to persuade in that persuasive language or to get them to buy in. Even if they had a bias, you can still get buy-in. They may not necessarily like it hundred percent, but you can still work and get that kind of a buy-in. And that, that just takes time. It takes practice. It takes failure, failure, failure with some success. And then eventually you get it, but yeah, but that's greedy too. Yeah. You know, and I think when we talk about, you know, just, just the, the, the perspective of, of HR is, is that, you know, when you, when you start looking at, at people and you start looking at, you know, we talked about whether that's you know, great. I think it's being very open-minded. We talk about a lot about diversity, right? And, and I think, you know, it's, it's even with that, when we talk to our teams, we're like, you know, think outside the box, get, let's get, let's start blurring the lines, right? Let's don't be so siloed. Don't be, well, you only fit this mold. And I think you, you have a much more productive workforce when you do start to blend that a little bit. Um, even when it comes to diversity, you know, we've got our big blocks, right, that we look at, but there's so much other that you could do, right? What, are, we, are we looking at culture, you know, not just race and gender, but are we looking at culture? Are we looking at ways that make people feel comfortable and at home in their own skin within their workplace? I think one of the things I'm so proud about Cisco is that um, I don't care what your interest is or your, who you identify with as a support system. We do such a great job of enabling people to find those groups. So I happen to be, believe it or not, so I'm an, I'm an ally, an allyship for our pride community because of my daughter, they put me in the parent pride group. And there's, this, we have our own group for, for parents, right? And I just think that's so amazing and so wonderful. And there's things that you can learn and help your children. And, um, and I just think Cisco is great about that. But think about that. You, you know, people will always say, you don't want to be the singular person um, in a group. And so if you find ways to extend um, diversification around other things that we look at, like, you know, people kind of, I'm like, do you, are you recruiting from the deep South? I mean, when's the last time you said, Hey, I'm going to go to Mississippi or Alabama, um, you know, to, to, to go recruit some really, really smart people. So, you know, are you looking at poverty levels? I mean, what are the things you're looking at to say, are we giving people the right opportunities? And so um, I think that there's a lot that we can do to start, you know, as an HR community to start really looking at um, other things and other factors outside of just kind of the, the traditional ones we've always looked at. Yep. I agree. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so very much. Thank you for jumping in and jumping on. This has been, I love this. It's a powerhouse, greedy conversation. I like it. Love it.
Well, thank you so much. It's, um, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I always enjoy um, getting to have these conversations and, and getting to share a little bit of my wisdom and experience with others. So um, uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. that I'm a huge advocate about taking care of yourself has to happen because what we do all day long is we take care of everybody else's stuff right so we get up in the morning whether you're a full-time mom or a full-time dad and full-time HR person right we get up in the morning we take care of everybody's stuff we go to work we take care of everybody's stuff we come home we take care of everybody's stuff right so so I've started adding in uh, a relatively healthier segment uh, to this portion of the show and this to talk about some things that I've been doing to better take care of myself that hopefully will help you guys out as well. And it, and these aren't huge things. There's two things that I focused in on. One is that I realized that I wasn't getting the appropriate nutrients. And so I started replacing one to two of my meals a day with MASF smashing greens and it's absolutely awesome. Um, I, I don't get hungry. I've actually lost 25 pounds, but it's very rich, very dense nutrients that I'm taking in. And then the other thing that I started focusing in on is my sleep and the end of day recovery. Very, very important. I've started monitoring everything using a whoop, which if you guys want to know more about it, you guys can go ahead and hit me up. That's not a problem. You can also see more about what I'm doing on Instagram with it. Um, but I've, I've really adopted a regimen of taking in Naked Warrior Recoveries uh, CBD gummies. And matter of fact, we had Will on in the last podcast episode and he was talking about everything um, and how he built this wonderful CBD business. It is THC free. So Smashing Greens by MASF Industries. You can find them. Just, just Google Smashing Greens and it'll pop right up. And then also Naked Warrior Recovery and their CBD gummies absolutely just mellows me out towards the end of the evening. It doesn't implant me into the carpet or the ground or anything, or the mattress or anything like that. It just kind of just helps me unwind because I can't stop thinking at night. And this definitely helps me get that necessary sleep. And then, you know what, then I monitor it using my whoop. So uh, all good stuff. All right. So today's HR question. You guys know that I love your questions. You can submit them on the bestpractices.work website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards that bottom of the page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your question, which I may read <clears throat> and answer on an upcoming episode. So this is another, this could be looked at from the employee standpoint or the employer standpoint. This was kind of one of those unique ones where it could go both ways. And it's, it's something that we all run into uh, all the time. And this question came out. It says, how could your best employee end, end up as a terrible manager? Well, there's a very easy answer to this. And it is, if you think about it, it is more likely that this is how it has happened rather than not. And that is... When you have a star employee or your best employee, they are really great at following the guidelines 
and following the direction of the position that you guys have outlined. And then what we do is we think, this is great. We got this awesome employee. Let's make him a manager. <laughs> and then we throw him into the manager position. And you know what? It's like taking the needle from an old record player, just dragging it right across, right? You hear that sound. And the big reason why is that you have literally just completely flipped the world upside down. A good employee is good because they're good at doing the job that they were hired to do. And you need your great employees. But where we as employers fail is that we don't spend enough time taking our great employee and transitioning that into them being a great manager. We don't develop them. We see it all the time. We don't spend time with them. We don't give them learning opportunities. We just kind of kick them in over. And then not to mention, there's the whole dynamic that they went from being a peer to other employees that they got along with, and now they're in that uncomfortable position where now they have to be the boss. That's not an easy transition to make for either side, either the employee or the peers or the rest of your team, and certainly not of the managers too because now this person has gone from a position of apex and excellence and now they're starting to learn all over again and the last thing that we remember is how great this person was as an employee so that is how it happens <laughs> and they get frustrated they don't know what to do they don't know who to turn to they likely haven't gotten the necessary training everybody's getting frustrated everybody wishes for the good old days to come back and that's usually how that that comes down the pike so if you're interested in transitioning your best employee over to a manager, make sure that you have a really strong action plan. And I mean like a good one. You create the necessary communication. You look at what kind of training is needed. You have to mentor them until you get them to being an excellent manager as they're not going to immediately go from excellent employee to excellent manager. They may understand the, how to do the job, but the big question is, is are they capable of translating over to, to making sure everybody else does the same equal level of job as a manager? And that may not necessarily happen without your help. So we are continuing to work with uh, the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. This is an awesome community of, of women and men. We're over 190 employees. This only started in January, January 6th to be exact. And we have more and more people who are coming in. Um, we've got some pretty good, uh, cool stuff that's happening in the coaching program. And uh, some other new announcements are going to be coming. Um, massive stuff that's going to be happening for the future. And uh, we're getting a lot of really positive feedback on basically what we're doing. So if you're interested in checking us out, figuring out what's going on, go ahead, you know, join us. Join us, join us. You can go over to Facebook. Uh, type in Next Gen Women in HR, and it'll pop right up. <clears throat> um, more announcements are going to be coming out. We're going to be sharing some more announcements in the upcoming uh, podcast episodes as well. And guys, listen, um, you know, this is an award-winning podcast. Matter of fact, this is now an international award-winning podcast, which I, I have, I'm so humbled and honored. And I have to thank everybody who's listening for this. But we could use your help. 
if you would be so great to hop over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever it is that you're listening to us from, please leave your five-star review. It's something that I would greatly appreciate. If you know somebody who's over in HR and, you know, would think that this, you know, these episodes would be interesting, you know, please forward it to them, you know, and then you're welcome to go ahead and post on social media and tag me on it. And I'm going to tell you exactly where you can find me. You can actually find me in several different places over on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me in two spots. Uh, you'll find me in the best practices at, in HR where I give general updates as to what's going on. Also on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Brenda the HR Lady where I share more about what I'm up to personally. And if you'd like to connect with me professionally, you can find me on LinkedIn just by typing in my name, Brenda Neckbottle, that's spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke. V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. Over on YouTube, I've been building a library of videos where you can find me again using my name as I also co-host another show on YouTube called The Real HR Show with the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. Lastly, you can jump on the website at bestpractices.org where you can read up on the new updates that I called out earlier in today's episode by clicking on the podcast link. And uh, you can go ahead and get these week, this week's articles. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and click on connect at the top of the page and get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. And folks, thank you again. Next episode is episode 80, 80. I can't believe that's happening. It's just absolutely awesome. Um, we're already starting to plan and focus in on what our 100th episode is going to be. And I can tell you right now, it's going to be epic. We've got an epic, epic, epic guest. So uh, exciting stuff. So that episode is going to air actually in March. Uh, I cannot believe that we're coming up on a hundred episodes. Holy cow. Who knew there was so much to talk about, right? So guys, we'll look at, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys in next week and, uh,